How's your week? Good. Yeah. Good. We had great weather. So I got to be outside for most of it, which is nice. Yeah. And I bought a bike. Yeah. Whenever it decides to show up. <laughs> yep. And the pollen's going down. So it's not as and bad. And there's that. Um, I haven't quite experienced that. I keep, like, when I run, I get all this oh, yeah. debris in my face. So I'm not yeah, yeah. sure that I've experienced that yet, but I know it's coming. Yeah, yeah, it's probably still just uh, lingering residue. That sounds, yeah, <laughs> that sounds like pollen. Well, it's still falling on cars and stuff. I mean, it's not exactly like it's completely gone. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I'm sneezing a lot and scratching my eyes, and hopefully that this is our last week of quarantine and things will sort of open up again next week. I know, and I don't, you know, I was thinking about that. I don't even really know what that looks like. Yeah. Like, what's really the difference because i'm not going to want to spend time in a setting of large p- groups of people so i'm like i don't really know no what reopening really means uh, i don't know i don't honestly know i mean at least the other places the other countries that were closed that reopened they were actually closed i read something i think it was spain that for the first time in 49 days people are actually allowed to go outside and right. like run yeah we never had that right right and you know i don't think many of us are gonna feel comfortable eating in like a restaurant with a whole bunch of people right nope. so what how did i mean yeah. how does that really look i mean we're not getting on planes anytime soon no i'm not flying to my office there's it's just not gonna happen right so then what is it what does reopening mean no idea. Other than I guess we can all get our hair done if we're comfortable with that. This is this is true. I, I, I need a haircut. I, I have a mane at the moment. <laughs> it's luscious, but it's a mane. <laughs> you have luscious locks going on? I do have luscious locks. It is it is a, it is more than out of control. I so this is your favorite movie of all time that we're talking one of about them. today. I have a few I've noticed. It is, it is, it is uh, one of your favorite. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Con Air is not one of your favorites hard pass uh yes and uh and i could have told you that before you chose it but uh i feel like this is one of those lessons that uh you need to learn on your own (laughs) and i'm glad you did but um but i have some interesting thoughts about this movie and i I want to know you haven't seen this movie in a long time so what movie are we doing we're doing v for vendetta why are we doing v for vendetta um mostly because we were talking about what are we going to do for the fifth episode and of course you can't forget the iconic start of the movie which is remember remember the fifth of november so true it kind of fit and then of course i really enjoy the movie so i got really excited and wanted you to watch it with me (laughs) well Well, you know i'm i'm both i'm both sort of glad i watched the movie and also semi interested in your take on the movie because uh 
it's a different movie than I remember. And perhaps it's kind of the, the global setting that's happening right now. Yeah. Um, it, it the, the movie takes on a whole different light given yes. the circumstances that we're facing. I felt the same way. So I'm really glad you said that because I wondered if I had kind of gone down too far of a rabbit yeah. hole. But watching it in today's time, and I even actually read some reviews because of the way that I experienced it watching it during a pandemic yep. and um, with the way the world has reacted in some ways and not others. So I kind of read some reviews of what it was like when this movie came out in 2006. And I have to say, reading those reviews now, I would love to hear what some of those people think in light of what the world looks like in 2020, because I don't think they imagined that this could anything like this could take place when they were talking about it in 2006. And yeah. I'm, yeah. So I'm, I'm so excited. I'm glad well, you like, yeah. I mean, it's really interesting. Like in the movie, the, the, it appears that the worst offense other than, you know, sedition is either reading the Quran, which you can apparently be killed for or, or being, a, a, you know, gay or lesbian and, yeah. and which you can also be, uh, killed for so uh in the other part about it is that it's five years after 9-11 and you're showing government buildings being blown up so mm-hmm. I, I am i'm interested in again i'm interested in your take so so let's talk yeah. about it so we we did v for vendetta this is our 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 technically our fifth episode but may be released in order before the fourth episode <laughs> depending on how long the editing takes uh but it's may which is the fifth month of the year two days from now is cinco de mayo oh. So we're just going to go with an all-in number five. <laughs> uh, I was hoping for some sort of alliterative intro with the letter V, but this movie used every letter yes. V word and just threw it in your face constantly, except for vagina. That was the only word that was missing of all the yeah. letter V words I know. In fact, there are some letter V words I had to look up. Vivified? No, I vivified. I knew what that means. Um, in any case, so why don't we um, gonna we're gonna talk about our best scenes, the worst scenes, our general take on the movie, the ending, the beginning. I, I really want to hear why you think this is one of your favorite movies, and and I and and I'll I'll chime in. So why don't you start? What? Okay. Why don't you give us the plot of the movie? Okay. Um. So. The general plot of the movie, um, it's kind of, it's a, it's a hero, superhero, but also anti-hero. Um, you have a, a, a government that is controlling its citizens in a way that is reminiscent of potentially like the Third Reich. I know there's some of that happening. So you have this political state government and you kind of have people who've just accepted that this was the way. And what's interesting is that you're thrown into this world without really understanding how we got here, but people seem to just accept that this is okay. But you also understand that this wasn't the way it always was. Something triggered it. Um, so you start with this girl, Natalie Portman, who I will, I will admit um, she is not my favorite uh in the movie and i guess kind of in general but 
I think in the beginning of the movie, she served a much better purpose. She's this innocent girl and she goes out and she's almost attacked and she gets saved by this man with a mask and it's a Guy Fox mask. And she goes off it's with supposedly him. a man. You don't know. True, true. Um, his voice sounds male. Um, but and and it doesn't appear that he has uh female parts happening. They're called so breastuses happening. Um, but so she goes off with him, which is strange. Uh, but we're not meant to guess that. Um or question that I mean. So she goes off, he blows up the Bailey um with fireworks, which the government then tries to I mean so you start with this man and you're not really sure what's happening and what happens through the movie is that you figure out what V stands for and I don't mean V is in the letter I mean this entity because you know he's a human sort of I guess you don't really know because you know he has burned hands but you never actually see his face and you don't see his body so you just have this human who's whole purpose is to stand for an idea and through this movie you are following Natalie Portman's character as well as being a police officer figuring out what does he mean why is this a big deal why is he pushing he being the pushing for this and then at the end you get this culmination of a storyline and the biggest idea they leave you with you know can an idea die? And I think that's kind of the big overarching storyline. It starts, you just jump right in, and then they kind of then spend half the movie explaining why the movie started the way it did and leading you to an ending that hopefully, I think the idea of the Wachowski siblings was that you would question and maybe understand why an anti-hero, because V doesn't do great things through the movie. Like he, no. you know, he, there's some collateral damage as a result of his uh, vengeance. Yeah. You know, his revenge story. Yeah. So I think that's kind of the basis of the plot is the idea of an idea and also some anarchy. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's probably the best way to sum it up with, before we start talking about individual kind of specific scenes. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting how with this movie, if you piece it together from its different elements, essentially the government created a virus, released the virus, tested a whole bunch of people. First, yeah. First to find the cure. Obviously they found the cure before they released the virus and used the virus to generate enough fear so that people would essentially give up their personal freedom. Yeah. And the buildup of that story. And obviously the, the movie may end in the downfall of the hegemony. You don't know you, you, you know that a bunch of people in Guy Fox mass, storm parliament or at least watch as parliament blows up but i i found that part of the story to be really interesting um in that it is a broader issue in my mind with this movie is that it is very poorly edited scenes end way too quick you talked about the scene where natalie portman is saved by v in the beginning 
she goes up on the roof. They watch the Bailey being blown up. And then the next scene is she's at work. Did she leave? Did she high-five him on the way down the stairs and said, cool, buddy, I'm going to go be a tea delivery person at the local news station? There are there's probably six or seven scenes throughout the movie that I thought they either ended too soon, they either went on too long, or they you could have taken it and moved it to another spot, and the movie could have been a lot better. But I'm getting ahead of myself. I I, I think your description is really good. Um, I I think antihero is a great description for V. I'm gonna go far go as far as saying that he's the villain of the movie because you're right, collateral damage. How do we know that, you know, Joe Bob's cleaning service wasn't in the Bailey when it was blown up or right. that the the family of the guards who were brutally murdered um, or blown up in Parliament? Is that collateral damage really worth it? I mean, did why didn't he just like go on the news when this first happened and said, Here's what the government is doing, and I'm living proof of it, right? I mean, he keeps talking about the whole movie. I'm living proof about it. So, um, and, and then they gave him superpowers. Like, the antibody, yeah. they told him he had heightened senses and better reaction time and more strength. They made him seem supernatural for some reason. And then they added a love story. Like, those, I think, to me, those are yeah. the, the, the three biggest problems of this movie. One, four. One is he's really a jerk. He's selfish and he's a jerk. The second part about it is that the movie is poorly edited. The, the third part about it is that he's a superhero or supernatural. And the fourth part about it is this ill-fitting love story. Now, with all that said, I loved it. I hated the first really? 35 minutes of the movie. And I purposely didn't tell you this. I hated the first 35 minutes of the movie. Absolutely hated it. I texted you that. But yeah. but like 35 minutes to the hour and a half left in the movie, aside from maybe one or two scenes, which made my skin crawl, I really enjoyed the the remaining part of this movie. So uh, okay. what was your favorite scene in the movie? Ooh, um... So I honestly, and I got chills, I think, and there's a lot of reasons why, but I'm just going to talk about my favorite part and it may not make sense, but it's actually the end when the people come streaming out of the darkness, wearing the guy Fox costume and they're not yelling. They're not making noise They're They just, show up and start walking towards parliament and it hit for a couple different reasons but to me this is the culmination of the storyline right it it was never well okay there's an argument to be made that it's supposed to be about v or about ev but if you really kind of take a step back it's supposed to be people coming together to support an idea creating a movement creating a movement and now one of my least favorite moments probably led to this movement um and i say it's least favorite but i have some reasons why and it's not because it wasn't done well but so i think to me that was that was it and i think like 
to make it a little more realistic into this world, like there's some things happening about our government mm-hmm. now that are starting to become very polarized. So for me, it was also kind of hopeful. These people came out of their homes to quietly protest, but it's a demonstration as well of hope. Like they became the movement, they became the idea and it was their way of demonstrating that. So to me that I think hit to be my favorite moment. And then I think to tie into that when the parliament building exploded and they took off and you just saw all the different people. All the faces of the people that had died or were who fell yeah. victim. Yeah. And and who were I mean, this is where the collateral damage piece comes in and I don't know how I feel about that. I mean I, I do, but I don't I don't feel good about it. So but I I think in reality that sometimes does happen whether it's intended or not. So you got to see their faces and you got to see the people who um, you know, you saw her parents, they were there. I mean, and it was, it was just really that to me spoke a lot about what I thought the movie sh- was really trying to get at. Mm-hmm. And I agree. There's a ton of plot holes. There's a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, you, you're really suspending your disbelief. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was it. So what was yours? Uh, I had two and, and I would say they're, they're like one and one a, you can swap them. Um, I really like the scene where the coroner uh after he injects the coroner uh and they have this this conversation she doesn't know that that she's been injected right she's like uh are you gonna kill me now and he says i already have um i injected you while you were sleeping with that with that uh drug or whatever it was um i really liked the humanity that v showed in that scene where he's he's having a conversation with her and she is expressing remorse but V understands too little too late, right? Mm-hmm. She had every opportunity to stop this. She had every opportunity mm-hmm. to bring this to light, but she went on. Um, and I love that scene for a couple of things. Again, one, V shows his humanity to the conversation the two of them have. And then the juxtaposition of having her narrate the diary of events my mm-hmm. subjects showed up right she says and mm-hmm. 75% of the the uh, uh subjects uh didn't make it they deceased right and the way that she has this kind of mechanical way of speaking mm-hmm. um again it shows that yeah maybe 15 years later you have remorse and you regret what you did but so many there were so many opportunities for you to just say we need to stop this. This isn't the right thing. And then right. the second scene, which I think um, it's such an amazing interlude and it is super serious, really, really, um, uh, really, really serious topic of a movie. You know, we're talking about government oppression or an Orwellian future. And you have this Benny Hill inter- interlude with uh, – the Stephen Fry character, the the Tonight Show host kind of guy, um, how he spoofs uh, uh, Sutler uh, and yeah. does the Benny Hill scene, and that I was I was on the floor laughing. It was so funny how well that scene was interjected into the the script. So those are really my my one and two favorite scenes. There are there's a couple of other scenes, and I want to get your your take on them. So there's this one scene where the inspector and his partner, who I thought the partner was going to turn on the inspector Same. throughout the whole movie. It was awesome that he didn't. 
but they go and visit the one of the remaining people who were alive of that uh, uh, asylum or whatever it was, wherever they were testing people. Uh, and his name is Rockwood, I think. Um, not mm-hmm. Flint Lockwood from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, but that's all that's stuck in my head. Uh, I don't know if it's in the train station or at the school, wherever it is. They go and meet this guy. It's obviously V that they meet. Must have been the train station because it's the tunnels. But they pass. It was the memorial. Yeah. Okay. The memorial for the St. Mary's school children. So it's very interesting. Those school children are in a circle, and it looks like they're playing Ring Around the Rosie. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know about you, but, I mean, there is, there's a lot of folklore that says a Ring Around the Rosie was about the bubonic plague. Yep. So, you know, Rosie was the, the what happens to your cheeks. Posy was the, mm-hmm. the, the cure. And then, uh, you know, ashes to ashes, you all fall down. Everyone dies. Um, I don't know. Did you get that same or am I just reading way too into it? No, I actually saw that as well. And I do know this. I know a different interpretation of the ring around the rose. So the ring is when the roses were actually the swords yeah. themselves. Um, but yes, I heard the same thing that it's about, or at least came from the bubonic yep. plague. Um, I also noted that briefly. Um, and I felt the same. I thought it was a nice, it was, I don't know. It was a nice touch to this story. It was like you could notice it, but if you didn't, you weren't missing yeah. any part of it. But if you did notice it, you realized that it hit in a very different way. I mean, you already know their children, but them having that in the memorial and Rockwood, aka V, talking about what the government did, and you have statues of children because they chose a school first. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's one of the and, three. Right, they, they really yeah, seem, but yeah. I think in the order yeah. that they described it. So I guess I assume they selected that first, but it could have been last. I don't know. But yeah, it's one of the three places. And it just, I think, heightened the horror. Like you have children in a ring singing. Well, you imagine them singing a song that is sound happy, mm-hmm. but it's actually about death and plague. Um, and you have these people talking about something that the government did to their own people and not just their people, but the most vulnerable, yeah. like the ones that you don't, you just don't like everybody knows you don't mess with kids. And like, you know, I, it just added everything. It made it grim, but they, add, it really made, they, you... add, they mess with hmm. kids because they would have the biggest impact, you know, kids, the, yeah. the sewage treatment, the water treatment plant and the public transportation, you know, all three of those, yep. And they keep showing 80,000 people killed. It's going to be interesting. I, I want to talk about the, uh, I want to talk about <laughs> the, the difference between, I shouldn't say difference, but the outcome of the coronavirus, this coronavirus, and what we're going to give up. Uh, and this movie obviously came out in the time of the Patriot Act. It came out in the time right, mm-hmm. right after the tube bombing. There was a lot of anti- uh, terrorism sentiment there's always anti-terrorism sentiment but but to the point where we will give something up to gain some security and some freedom yep. and then this is kind of like okay let's play that out over two decades and let's see what happens so what was the what was your least favorite scene in the movie i think you and i might have the same one um so i think the one that hits me hardest is the fact and it's included in a way that I didn't, I don't know that we needed it, 
um like it could have been so I'll just jump in it it was the little girl being shot by one of the Mm. fingermen um and I I I understand it right I get that again you messed with kids and you know these people don't trust their government and someone of the government became gun happy and shot a a young girl and that that's enough to inspire the end of the movie, right? That event is really what triggered it. And and the police officer at the end of the movie indicates that someone's going to do something stupid, right? And this is going to shift the movement. And so I, I understood the importance of it. But at the same time, you know, and this is where you bring in the antihero part. This is V's fault. Yeah. You know, all of this happened because he's trying to get revenge for what they exactly. did, which involved you know putting a virus into a school and his actions resulted in a child being shot and essentially murdered by the government again and I kind of it was my least favorite because I think it was done in a way that a lot of people probably would have missed the idea that that's V's fault Mm -hmm. like you know because you you view V as this hero and he and he sort of is the idea is the hero but v is definitely not and i just feel like they could have done the scene in a different way and it didn't need to be a child so that to me it was very tough watching that because i feel like it a lot of people may have missed the fact that v's not a good guy and we're supposed to be rooting for him and and he's not and nobody ever addresses that like v was basically the government for a period of time he did exactly what they did that's an issue and they never really addressed that and that's kind of a problem because now you have people viewing this act in a very different light but it's actually his fault yeah he he chose his own interests over that of the people uh he knew full well that that a bunch of people running around in robes and guy fox masks would result in not just collateral damage but but actual fights and deaths mm-hmm. because of direct right. actions, right? This wasn't an indirect yeah. act. This, this little girl was murdered by that cop because she was wearing the mask. She would not have been murdered. So, so right. yeah, it, I totally agree with you. I think that that, that is, it's one of the most horrible scenes. Mine is, it's, I think about this and I, and I, and I like how you put it that the V isn't the movement. And I totally, I think that that's a great way of saying it. Cause he's not, he is a vigilante, which also starts with the letter V. Uh, he's also the villain, which starts with the letter V. However, I, I think two scenes that, that really, really symbolize that are not scenes, but two actions, the first and second kidnapping of Natalie Portman. He mm-hmm. flat out kidnaps her. He she carries an unconscious Natalie Portman out of the newsroom into his cavern, right? Yeah. Weird. Whatever it is, it's basically a museum, yeah. but yeah, nobody knows like where it is. He's been stealing things. He is, he's like, and she was the only one he chose to save. He's not Batman. Yeah. He's not fighting for the rights of people. The only time mm-hmm. he goes out and acts in someone else's interest is when he saves Natalie Portman and then he kidnaps her. Right? This guy had no adult role models. And then he tortures her. Right? The second time yeah. I, 
I mean, I, I don't. We can talk about the bishop scene, which flat out grossed me out. It was the yeah. nastiest scene in that movie. But he tortures her. You know, he he breaks her down and is sort of creating a a you have to be me to understand me situation. Yeah, and I found th- those two actions to be detestable. You don't. Even Batman, who is a vigilante, uh, he's a superhero. He has abilities and, and, and can kill someone at any point. Chose not to. He always chose the right path. V is not that, right? He's more of a watchman type superhero. And, yeah. and you can't really get behind that kind of a, a person I agree with you. You can get behind the movement. But to me, the movement can be achieved in different ways. Yeah. I I definitely agree with you. So watching the torture scenes, um, which, by the way, don't totally even make yeah. sense. Like, who shaved her head? He did. Um, because, well, but it was in daylight. And he, like, the hand, it just, there was a lot there, like, his hands were fine because they were in gloves, unless we had a glove on a, like, a fake hand <laughs> with a glove, like, how glove that inception. Work? Yeah, I, yes, um, to steal your yeah. earlier joke this week, yes, glove inception, um, but, you know, there is, like, okay, so I guess you could view it as V doesn't know how to interact with a human, he doesn't remember being a human, he and so he's trying, he's like this weird misguided way of trying to, I think this is what I think they're trying to do. She can't, he can't relate to her. He can't communicate to her what he went through without showing her, but it's his only way to get her to understand him and what he's doing, except you tortured a human. Yeah the same way that you were tortured except the only thing i guess he didn't do was give her a virus that killed her in right. the end but other than that he did so even in his like understand me you're still a bad guy you know she says she's like i hate yeah. you makes perfect sense and i think it was sad but it's also like he said it's one of the worst moments because you really just realize there's no that's not like what redeems yeah. him nothing yeah. i mean great he fell in love with a girl who he doesn't know and she makes that very clear she's like the end of the movie she's like you're part of all my most important moments that have happened in my life but i don't know anything about you and so he tortures a girl he weirdly takes her like you said then offers her up to a creepy bishop and i'm like when was it ever gonna stop well he also has a really bad plan Right? I don't think yeah. his plan's that great. His plan was to drive a train under Parliament, which I guess in 10 years he learned how to lay tracks for a subway. That's mm-hmm. impressive. Of yeah. yeah. It makes perfect totally. sense. I mean, it's like, what will you do? And our, it makes us really feel uh, dumb in our coronavirus times. Like, I didn't learn how to re- like lay tracks for a subway. Right. Come on. I should have I done better. Yeah. I, I think that his plan is fairly dumb. Throughout the movie, mm-hmm. he is involving a woman he just met, the bishop scene, having her dress like Harley Quinn meets the cast from Sucker Punch. I don't 
I, I, it was gross. And the cliches, like, oh, the bishop is a pedophile. We didn't need that. He's just a bad dude. He, he was overseeing right? a facility that tortured and murdered people and was part of the group that released a virus on their own people. Bad enough. I don't need to know that he's also a pedophile. Right. Totally. Yeah. Same. Totally irrelevant. And then the big bad, Sutler. Right. I, I think ranking big bad takedowns. Number one is uh, Snoke in Last Jedi. Like <laughs> randomly gets chopped in half without really doing anything. And number two is Sutler. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What's the buildup? I, I I think that the movie there are there are certain times where it just kind of peters out where Creedy mm-hmm. could have stormed Sutler's house. Frankly, you don't even know a Sutler. It could be one of the 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 dummies that uh, Dietrich yeah. used. But I didn't think that those individual moments detracted from the overall, like you said, the movement. Right. The this concept of we gave up a lot for our own freedom. But what we realized was what we gave up for freedom and security actually endangered our freedom and security. And that's where I want to get your take on that. It's, you know, in today's time, how how does this movie survive? Does it hold up? And and what's next? So, I mean, I'm going to say that I think the movie for what I'm going to say, it's an exaggerative result. Um, But there, I mean, in watching it with what's happening today, there are some uncomfortable things that start to ring a little true. So like I was saying earlier, I read some reviews and a lot of them talked about the big bads and that they were just so over the top and there's just no way. And I'm like reading this in 2020 going, if only you knew this is not outside of the realm. We have more today. And maybe it just like, I've talked about this before, just on a broader scale of friends and whatnot and people in my life, but you know, the level of comfortable feeling that we have expressing hate Mm -hmm. in today's time is not something that I think I've ever been quite as aware of. Um, We have, and why is a, broad variety of reasons but people are very comfortable expressing that you know they, they don't like people who are of the lgbtq community and suddenly that's become acceptable to say and that's not okay in my mind but you have that in the movie as well right and i think you watched it in 2006 and it was like this is absurd because nobody this would never happen yeah. again and we're cycling into a world that that's maybe the possibility and then with the pandemic i don't know what you've read but i mean i'm reading people are now starting to be comfortable with the idea of giving up their privacy Mm -hmm. of where they're going in order to do contact tracing and the idea of that i i mean it makes sense right because you're like well i just want them to know so that in case somebody who got infected could infect me or i could infect others however uh especially i have some legal background that is an incredibly slippery Mm -hmm. slope when does it stop why does it stop if you know if the coronavirus is projected to last 18 months to two years you can track the entire world that you're tracking the entire world for at least yep. two years and if you have the data 
it's not going to stop at just virus tracing. So, I mean, police mm-hmm. officers, you know, um, enforcement agencies are already trying to use that data in ways that are related to tracking mm-hmm. criminals. And, and I think the idea is, well, yeah, okay, that sounds like a good use of it, except that in reality, it becomes, I mean, you know, I'm not doing anything wrong, but I think there was that one person who happened to be triangulated at an area where a woman was killed at the same time and they brought him in for questioning and he actually didn't do anything wrong. He just happened to be riding his bike by her house, but they knew Mm -hmm. he was there. I mean, we're one step away from that. And so you watch V for Vendetta and you're like, I can definitely see people being comfortable with the idea at first and not realizing they're jumping into boiling water. Right. Or I guess they're sitting in the cold water as it's starting to heat up, right? Like, so I got really uncomfortable, <laughs> you know, especially because, like you said, you know, the, the movie slashes 100,000 dead. And I'm like reading news in my every day and it's increasing to that point. And I'm like, I, this is not as far fetched as it probably felt in 2006, 14 years later. It's like, okay, <laughs> I now can see how it starts one way and spirals into another and you don't realize it until two decades have passed that you've given up all your, your rights and right. your freedom. Right, I mean, this At least, this, is, yeah. uh, this is the old dilemma of privacy versus security where we conflate those two in the times of strife. Uh, post 9-11, we had so much that we were willing to give up having our phones tapped, having uh, a uh, uh, having people be stereotyped and being traced and, and watched because of the color of their skin or because of their belief system. It is to your point, a slippery slope that, that gets us to a minority report situation where the government can mandate what they find is wrong and incorrect, and it can change at any given point. This is, this is what made me the most uncomfortable about this movie, and in a, uncomfortable in a good way. Like, I, I, I liked it because I liked yeah. thinking about this kind of stuff, that we are always under the threat of over-government regulation. We are under the, the threat of criticism and judgment, and we don't have the ability to fight back as an individual. So you have to have a movement. We are willing to give up so much because we have the theater of security. There's nothing, absolutely nothing stopping some uh, foreign country or a domestic country to uh, creating their own coronavirus and spreading it out amongst the masses just so people will give up their own their own level of, of privacy. And I'm not saying that's happening. This is not a Alex Jones right. diatribe. It, it's more that we have – it is so much easier to try and fix the problem in post. It's so much easier to say mm-hmm. this virus was created in a Chinese lab, so let's stop all of that or 5g causes the virus. So let's give up a whole bunch of stuff. Let's not talk about how viruses and pandemics and climate change all are exacerbated by the activities of human beings. 
We'd rather have the government curtail our privacy than change the way we bloody live our lives. And that really, really, really resonated with me in this movie. And I, I find the, the, out, the discussions that are happening right now, the contact tracing to me, sure. If it's done in the best of interest, if the data is immediately destroyed, there's no personally identifiable information in the data. We're using random information and sampling to essentially determine movements. Okay, that sounds really great in theory. But how far are we from a government saying, okay, give us that data, right? Like you said, yeah. there's a crime located and give us all the data in, of the people that were in that area and now we know who they are. So we've got to have a more difficult conversation in the world today about not just what we're willing to give up for security, but what does security actually mean? To achieve true security, you should not have to give up privacy. Privacy is security. You are securing yourself. Uh, and, and so this is, a, this, is a, this is what I really enjoyed about this movie. And I think I will forgive a lot of the foibles, uh, except that apron that he's wearing when he's cooking breakfast. So weird. <laughs> Don't know why. No idea. No idea. I mean, the Wachowskis are genius, right? So I mean... Weird. Both of them um, are, are so incredibly smart, but they're just as responsible for the Matrix as they are for the Matrix Reloaded, right? So they teeter on the brink of genius and insanity, not in like an Edgar Allan Poe kind of way, but more in a just, we're going to go real weird on this one with an apron. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think that was V, right? I think V is just their writing style. I mean, he's both brilliant and also super yeah. insane. Um, and I mean, they made like, look, we we've talked about a lot of heavy topics, but at the same time, it's just a. There are yeah. parts that are just fun to watch. I mean, it's fun watching him take on McCready and his folks, you know, and he's like, "You're gonna shoot me, and then after that, you're gonna die before you even have a chance mm-hmm. to reload." That's a fun thing it's also super weird why all of a sudden his none it's sore or knives i'm gonna call them. why they have the trailing effect they did not in any other part of the movie and i actually forgot that they had that at the end and it was like why is this happening now is this supposed to show speed i mean i i feel we could have understood that without the weird trailing yeah. effects so but like it's just a fun movie too it's fun and then I always enjoy and I think this is why it's one of my favorite movies is that I like watching it for fun but I also want to have my brain engaged a bit I'm willing to overlook like you said you know how could V do all of this how could he do it and nobody know how is he able to find people when everybody's being tracked and yet he's always there first I don't don't know and I'm not gonna overthink it because the idea of the movie is in to me really important and the fact that his last act was not accomplished by him you know evie didn't have to do what she did and i feel like the police officer almost if he had been posed the question would have probably sent the train Mm -hmm. as well like that to me that's awesome i i like that kind of movie where i'm like this and you don't ever see his face i mean we watched a movie about a person we never saw their face. 
They never emoted other than body language yeah. and voice. That's and yet you understood it and you bought in. That's pretty cool. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I, I like the <laughs> it's funny you talk about the trails like bullet time for knives. Totally unnecessary. <laughs> um the the last scene where the inspector and Natalie Portman are are waiting. And and before I get into that, Natalie Portman's accent was the worst thing I've ever heard. There's zero reason for her to have a British accent in this movie. She could have been an American that just so happened to have grown up in London, but she does not have a good accent. And I I, I don't know why she needed to to have it. In any case, when you see the inspector and Natalie Portman in front of the train and they decide to pull the lever, it's like the actual trolley problem the, the, the ethics experiment with a, a pseudo trolley, right? It's a subway, right? It, it's, it, I thought it was pretty cool that he did make her make the choice. However, I, I think that if he hadn't tortured her and broken her down, she would have made a very different choice. And the choice could have still been to start the movement. The movement had been started. There was mm-hmm. no need for the 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 destruction was just basically v getting off you know it was a it was a very i want to be a martyr sort of thing Mm -hmm. and and i completely and totally think that it was unnecessary you didn't need to blow up parliament yeah i would agree with that i i think like you said the movement had already happened i mean i'm happy that she sent the train just for what it meant to the movie but i think no it it was fireworks display it was just a big loud sound and it was some pretty lights didn't do anything the movement started and the people banded together when that girl was murdered that to me is where it started in the movie so um but i will say i mean i again i meant to ask so you know, we watch Evie pull the pull the lever, um, and we watch the police officer almost yep. not have her do it, and then he changes his mind. Would you have pulled the lever, or would you have let her pull the lever? I, I don't know. I, I don't think. I don't believe that this kind of collateral damage—it's literally an eye for an eye—and and. and Again, going back to security versus privacy, this is liberty versus control. And I don't think there's any part of liberty that involves mass destruction, mayhem, or murder. You're no better than your oppressors. Uh, You know, uh, Mahatma Gandhi liberated an entire country against an oppressive regime and did it without firing a single bullet or blowing up a single building. I personally don't believe that you needed to blow up an entire building or a neighborhood or put millions of lives at risk. I wouldn't have done it. Would you? It's, it's tough. I, I don't, cause I had talked about it. I don't like the idea of collateral damage. Um, I probably would not have sent the train, um, 
I do think that I would have tried to give the people an indication that V was potentially still alive in a non like building explosive way because I think that it's really that the, the they needed the, the kind of the the north star and they had started the movement but they also there's a little bit of the movement that still needed like Katniss Everdeen and the Mockingjay pin do they need an explosion no but they need the idea that V was able to do things and inspire he was just a he became like a yeah. figurehead so it's almost like a guy fox mask so i think without the explosion i feel like the movement would have lost a little momentum in the fact that this person this idea that they had kind of looked towards seemed to have mm-hmm. abandoned them but i would not made the train that i feel that could have been done in a multitude of ways that didn't involve exploding a building and probably because i mean london yeah. is packed <laughs> destroying tons of homes and all the military people. people that were there in front of it right well they magically survived but yeah the reality is that no. would not have occurred so i would not have sent the train i just probably would have you know, left out Guy Fox masks somewhere around the parliament yeah. and been like, see, V's still kind of around. Well, it, it, it's interesting cool. because I, I, I agree with you. I, I think that the, the being the figurehead of a movement could be, is the right thing, but this is not the figurehead you want. He's no better. He's no better. I mean, one creates barriers and separates people and, causes mayhem and destruction through economic means and and force and the other one blows stuff up i I truly don't think it was the right part so we're getting to the end of this um what are your final thoughts about v for vendetta i still love this movie um and i think it hits in a way that i didn't expect right now and i didn't remember most of these the little tiny pieces of the movie that I think apply to today. So I was watching it kind of like, Oh my goodness, this is actually more realistic than I ever remembered it being. And um, this is a little uncomfortable. So, but I think it actually elevated some of my experience with it. Um, Makes me more uncomfortable because, you know, like the whole idea of us potentially giving up privacy to battle this pandemic you know, and watching these people have been given up some of their privacy and rights. And so it hit in a different way, but I still think it's a mm-hmm. fantastic movie and also just like super fun to watch if you ha- suspend yeah. all your disbelief. <laughs> what did you, I mean, you kind of said in the beginning, but what did, let's get, you know, more about what you uh, No, I, I agree on almost all the counts. I think it's a, a really, really thoughtful movie given the circumstances we're facing in the world today. Uh, I think there are moments of it being a lot of fun. Uh, and I think there are other moments that even even with my suspension of disbelief, I, I like to be immersed in a movie. And, and rarely does something so jarring throw me out of that suspension. I don't believe this movie needed a good 25 to 30 minutes of it. I think that there's a story here about control and liberty and how people will move on past mass events. That is a really good story. I, I would, if I had to rate this, which is stupid and arbitrary, but on a scale of one to 10, I give it a seven, 
which I think it's a good movie. I think it's a really, really fun movie to watch. Like you said, I just think that it could have done without some moments that took me out of the goodness of it. Okay. That's fair. That's super fair. I mean, I even, you know, like watching the Bishop scene now is even more uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, the Bishop scene, (laughs) the, the, uh, the love uh, connection that they have, like, yeah. Evie kissing V on the mask is so dumb. They don't, the the Jean Reno and Natalie Portman movie where he essentially saves her. She's a young kid. Gary Oldman's character comes in, murders mm. her whole family. That could have been that relationship that Jean Reno and, and Natalie Portman had could have been the exact same relationship that V and Natalie Portman have. There's zero need yeah. for any sort of love connection in this movie. It doesn't need it. Yeah. And some would argue that it's Actually, is it a real love connection or is it a little bit of Stockholm no, Syndrome? Totally. It's, I mean, I wrote Stockholm Syndrome you know? on the torture scene. And like, yeah. Is he trying to be a catalyst for it? Yeah, I was watching it now and I'm like, okay, that's not love. Yeah. That's called Stockholm Syndrome. That's a whole thing. And yeah. she doesn't know him. You can't love somebody that you, yeah. you don't know. And he doesn't know him. He, he even says, I'm not, a per- like, I'm not a person. I don't have a past. I don't have an identity. I'm an idea. I can't no. love that. I mean, I'm, I mean, you can't. So that was also incredibly weird and totally <laughs> unnecessary. Uh, totally but, unnecessary. But so much of this movie was was good, and I think uh, overall, mm-hmm. it's a uh, it's a movie that made me wanted to eat one of the the meals that was served in it. The 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 egg in a basket. <laughs> um, it's fantastic. Okay. Yeah, I've never it's had it. Super easy. I've never had Take it. a cookie cutter, piece of okay. bread, pop out the middle of it. Butter the bread, throw it in a pan, drop an egg in the middle of it. It's it's okay. delicious. I, it, I mean, it'll this. take you five minutes to make. I highly recommend. Okay. It's like a uh, it's a fried egg, but but with bread. <laughs> okay, noted. All right. <laughs> Look, well, it's it been fun good. as always. I don't know what we're doing next week, but we will we will Zombies. figure it out during the week and. Uh, and maybe we will do yeah. zombies. We'll we'll see what the weather's like next week. Maybe we should do uh, baseball That's movies true. too. Maybe because I have a Ooh. I have a, a hope of baseball movies coming back. Speaking of baseball movies, we did uh, uh, soundtracks last week, and one that I missed and I'm really upset about is the Sandlot. The Sandlot had a fantastic oh. soundtrack and could have been Sandlot versus Dirty Dancing versus Goodfellas. I could have had the trifecta of good soundtracks. <laughs> that's fair i forget about that yeah. movie a lot i and that it even i mean it's called the sandlot and i think i forget the reference to baseball yeah. like it's just alfalfa with the dog <laughs> that's the little rascals <laughs> oh the sandlot is not the little rascals no it's not alfalfa but it's the same no. it's the dog the dog with the no. converse on his yeah he's like running no. and the dog chases him at the end no. i could have swear I, no wow yes. i definitely need to watch the sandlot is a very very different movie i mean there is a dog in it but it has nothing it, the, the dog is called the beast his name's hercules and they make him look like yeah, godzilla and he, like, breaks yeah and he's chasing him at the end through like Mm-mm. parks and stuff oh and then i thought he like okay you know what i you do should. need to rewatch it it's a great it. movie um <laughs> Jeez, yeah. I I know that. No, it's It's a fantastic movie. (laughs) All right. We'll talk next week. Same time.